All right, we're live. Daisy. And we are at number 17 of Army Anonymous. It, we're, we're almost to 20. We're almost there. Oh yeah, true. Almost to 20 segments of Army Anonymous. That's kind of crazy. It just goes to show you how long we've been doing this. And uh, yeah, we've got some fresh new submissions for you guys that we're excited to get through. So let's just get into it. Um, as always, we start with our general section. So we're just going to go ahead and dive into that. And the first one, honestly, I just left this in for banter because the first submission just says rising sea levels from Papua New Guinea. And honestly, even though it is not, it's not BTS related, I feel like that is definitely important to talk about. So let's talk about rising sea levels. Rising sea levels is definitely a concern here at Army Anonymous. Okay, there. so there's, oh, <laughs> I saw like this argument just yesterday on Twitter and someone was like, well, if the globe is getting hotter, how come um, some places are getting colder? Like, because one, they just don't understand what climate change works, how that works, first of all. Um, and second of all, when you have icebergs that are giant things of ice, and then they melt, that cold water is like put in the water, and then like it, it travels elsewhere. So then you get places that are becoming colder. Like, that's it's basic science. I'm sorry that they don't teach you in um, science class that sea levels have been rising. I learned this, like, 10 years ago. <laughs> um, and Yeah, our planet's been dying for some time. Yeah, like, it's been happening for quite a while. Uh, and, um, it is a concern, uh, tax, uh, billionaire oil companies, um, yeah, that, that is, that is my contribution to the rising sea levels discourse. <laughs> yeah, rising sea levels, not good. I don't even know where to start when it comes to talking about environmental awareness and the steps that our governments need to be taking in order to if not reversed and at least curb the effects of whatever the heck we've been doing and for the past it's couple not of decades. Hard. They just don't want to do it. Like, point blank. They just don't want to do it. They want to make profit because the oil companies are the ones that are paying the people in Congress to write laws, and so because they're sponsoring these laws, the laws get written in favor of the oil companies. Right, so if you're wondering why you have all these different people around the world who are creating revolutionary inventions to help tackle our environmental issues, but somehow these ideas are never getting uh, mass funded and mass produced so that other people can also be using those inventions that's your answer that's why it's not happening um and it's super super unfortunate but obviously this is a podcast about music we don't have time to get into environmental issues right now but if anyone wants to dm us to talk <laughs> about rising sea levels feel free you guys know our exactly so <laughs> normally normally we will delete um submissions that are not relevant um to bts and armies um, discourse, but this was just, it caught us so off guard, um, that we, we just had to, we just had to leave it in. 
<laughs> yeah, the first time I saw it, I cracked up. It was so funny. So we, we had to leave it in there. So for anyone who actually did submit it, if you're listening to our episode, we hope that satisfied uh, you and we hope that we did your submission justice. So ne- next submission that we'll be moving on to, this one says, um, what is y'all's take on this Tiny Tan vs. BT21 discourse lull? Sorry, my question isn't more serious. Purple Heart, and this is from the USA. There is no problem with your question not being as serious. Um, as you know, we like to read all sorts of submissions on here, whether they're funny or, you know, they're deep or talking about something super introspective. So let's talk about Tiny Tan vs. BT21. Obviously, BT21 are the sun bays of Tiny Tan. That's, that's you know, just fact, right? And they've had a lot of time to develop their career. I think that personally for me, I'm on BT21 because at the end of the day, the merch bangs, bro. BT21 merch does bang. And it's kind of funny because when BT21 merch came out, a lot of ARMY's attitudes were like, oh, this is a great way for BTS to subtly be out there and like be... And, like, basically, BTS to kind of, like, take over without even people realizing that it is BTS. But, but, we still get disappointed when we see someone with a Koya keychain and they're like, who's BTS? I, I just bought it because (laughs) it was cute. So, it is a double-edged sword, but, you know, BT21, they are the blueprint to Tiny Tan. Um, respect mm-hmm. your elders, um, or whatever <laughs> second gen stands say. <laughs> I was about to say, I literally feel like a second gen K-pop stand talking about this. Uh, but, but no, Tiny, like... Tiny Tan is also cute. I literally have a Tiny Tan, um, keychain, um, on my keys right now. We have um, the whales. Um, we have the whales. It's true. We, we both have a Bora whale. Um, um, actually the Tiny Tan keychains, this is funny, so I have the, the Yoongi one, um, like the mic drop Yoongi, uh, one, and remember when we had our big, like, Q&A session, um, and we, there was this one question about, oh, what's, like, some BTS-related uh, merch that, um, you always bring with you? I completely admitted oh, yeah. that I have a whole keychain, like a whole tiny tan keychain. <laughs> I feel like an idiot for just like not remembering that. I think it's because it's just like always there and like I don't even think about it anymore. But yeah. True. Tiny tan, you know, they're cute. They have their moments. But, you know, BT21, it is, they're... They're, they're superior. Sorry. Top with ARMY is Team BT21. You're already here. <laughs> Although, to be fair to Tiny Tan, like you said, they are very cute. They're adorable. Like, especially when, like, they um, do those, like, little animation videos of the BT21 characters. Like, when they visited, like, that one ARMY uh, who was, like, at her job. Um, or when they were in her room and stuff. And, like, they were dancing on, like, the tables. They're, like, it's just so adorable. So I do like stuff like that, and they are kind of booked and busy because, like, they'll be getting all sorts of brand deals. Like, the Downey one was honestly such a freaking trip because <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of context that you have to have as an army as to why Tiny Tan would ever partner with Downey is just so hilarious. But and didn't for BT21 all who... partner with Downey first, actually? Like, I feel like that... Did they? I swear to God, I remember seeing a BT21, like, Downey... 
thing. Yes. Let, Let me look yeah, it look, up. Yeah, look, I just Googled it. Look, look, there it is. Wow. BT21 Blueprint. Tiny Tan, Plagiarism, Trend the Hashtag, <laughs> Tiny Tan, Sajiggy. That's actually sick. I didn't even realize. Okay, wow. Well, either way, I feel like BT21, they just really had such a good run. I, and like you said, like it's such a great way to like have BTS on you without having to like, you know, explicitly say that like you have BTS merch. And because um, I'm the type of person, I've talked about this before, I'm the type of person where when I buy merch for artists and stuff, I'm not, uh, I usually don't go for merch that has like people's faces plastered all over it too much because in a lot of cases I do find the designs of those end up being tacky. It has nothing to do with, oh, I don't want their face to show on this t-shirt because it'd be so embarrassing for people to look at their faces, but like usually like the type of designs I'd see. They just like don't like, match you know, with anything, like... Yeah, it's not giving. Yeah, it's really hard to, like you can style things like graphic t-shirts and stuff, but they're just not as versatile as merch that is a little bit more muted. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I tend to go for stuff that doesn't have artist face on it. The only two t-shirts I have um, are pretty well designed, I would say, but usually that's a rarity. So I go for like, and that's not even like for BTS. It's like one t-shirt with like Ice Cube on it, another t-shirt with like Tupac on it. Um, but like all the BTS merch I have is like more inconspicuous stuff, like my Black Swan hoodie or my Map of the Soul t-shirt or... Um, uh, what else? I also have, like, in terms of, like, other merch, like, BT21 related, I talked about it in the Q&A, how I have uh, BT21 notebooks that I use for class, and then I also have, like, a Mang pen um, that I also use for taking notes. So, like, there are, like, other ways where I can have BTS merch without giving too much away, um, so that if any army sees me in the wild, they'll just look at it and they'll know, oh, that's BTS related, let me go and approach this person. Actually, so that's kind of what I do, right but anyway. here, I have the pen that, oh, I just dropped it, that Daisy gifted me. It's a BT21 pen, it's like the baby version, and it has like top top with like holding a baby RJ and, um, a baby, uh, Shooky. So, very cute pen. Um, I'm showing it to Daisy so she knows I keep it close to my heart, but obviously you guys can't see the pen because this is not a visual podcast. <laughs> Thank you. And actually, the uh, where I got that pen from, it's actually like a 10 or 15 minute drive from my house. The next time you come over, we should definitely go shop there. They have like a bunch of like BTS related stuff. All right, bet. It's a plan. <laughs> okay. Next submission. This one says... Did BTS used to provide lyric translations in English or any other language than Korean since their debut in 2013? This is from India. Yeah, so the thing is, um, for them, uh, when BTS first debuted, they didn't actually um, post uh, their like any lyric translations like on their actual video, like um, their actual YouTube channel, like. What was it? It was I Big Hit before, mm -hmm. um, and they used to use this channel called the One K, um, or was it One The K? I don't remember what specifically it was called. Something like that, um, 
where they actually posted like a multitude of different K-pop acts across different labels and stuff. And so like that was basically like a one-stop shop for like any type of K-pop music video that you were looking for. And a lot of smaller labels tended to have their artist music videos posted there because the 1K with it having a lot of subscribers because of how many different groups it posts, that was usually like a, a big kind of like exposure type of thing that they were going for where they would post um you know smaller groups to their uh to their pages and because they had a lot of subscribers it may lead to them actually getting exposed to newer uh people who may have not heard of them before um and on that channel they did have translations for the lyrics um but not on the videos posted to iBigHit. So like if you went to No More Dream posted on iBigHit, it wouldn't have any subtitles at all. But if you went to uh, the other channel, it would. And you'll see that some of the older music videos that BTS has are actually cross-posted on both channels. So um, that's why you will see um, the ones on uh, BTS's official channel, they have a lower view count compared to the ones on One Decay, um, and so because of that, they people usually add the view counts together to get a general sense of how many views a music video might have. So that's kind of the process behind it. But yeah, it was it wasn't their uh, it wasn't the company's official channel that was putting out translations. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, most companies um, don't post on One Decay. Um, most of them have switched over to just using the centralized, uh, their centralized, you know, artist account for the music videos. And, um, good. The whole crossing of, like, the whole one the K, like, I understand why, but it, it was just really messy because you, some people would only count the views on the official channel or, like, you would have to combine the official channel and the one the K channel to like get the total views. It was just it was just annoying. Um, and if I do see groups that are still cross posting to one the K, I'm just like why? <laughs> yeah. Also, like another downside to using one the K is actually two downsides. Is that first of all, you know, when it comes to that, yes, by posting there um, as a smaller label, you could be giving your artist exposure. But it also makes it super tedious to kind of scroll through to pick out videos. And so it's usually better that you use your search bar to do it. Because like for me, like if I roughly know when a video is posted, I could just go to like the video section of a YouTube page and like scroll down until I find it. But then obviously the 1K you have like hundreds of groups on there. So it makes it pretty annoying to sift through all that. Um, and then on top of that, if that's the only place where um, that particular artist is posting to, then that means that you have to be subscribed to that channel in order to figure out when they're going to post their next music video. But the problem with that is that if you don't want any other uh, artists kind of flooding your recommended page, unfortunately that's what's going to happen because you know, they post multiple groups on there. So even if you're kind of waiting for just one to get posted, you still have to look at the barrage of other music videos that are coming up on your page. And that can also kind of mess up your like recommended preference pages. Yeah, it's just, it sucked. So it's better now. <laughs> yeah, they fixed the problem. So we're glad that they don't post there anymore. And now all of BTS's music videos are just posted to Hive labels, which is fine. That's fine with me. 
Alright. Um, and so with that, we move on to the next submission. This one says the limits and restrictions behind AUs and fanfics. I'm a baby army and that topic feels like such a gray area that I don't understand what is encouraged, accepted, or discouraged. This is from Canada. Well, here's what we'll say. When it comes to AUs and fanfictions, technically there is nothing that will ever be discouraged, technically, because it is, you know, a creative writing and people can write whatever, it's the internet, and then there's going to be some weird niche of people that are going to read it and enjoy it regardless of how messed up the content is in it. And the only thing you can really do is just not engage with it, just not read it. Um, which is why, you know, people try to emphasize using tags, using, you know, if content warnings. And that way, people uh, can actually read what they want to read. Um, especially, I think it becomes harder when um, like with like AUs and stuff on Twitter because sometimes when they get really popular, um, we get, you know, instances like, um, like what, what was it? Out, outcast? <laughs> was that, was it Outlast? Out, out, no, Outcast. Was outcast, that, I think it's the, the oh, horror oh, video Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, there's a, okay, so there's a horror video game called, um, Out, which one is it? Outcast? Outlast. Outlast. The video game is Outlast. It's a horror video game. I knew that. But there's also a horror BTS AU called Outcast. And it was like this whole text message AU. And it was super crazy. It blew up. Like if you, it was. Like if you were not here on ARMY Twitter um, during that time period, I don't know how to summarize it. It was, it would be trending in like the tens of thousands of tweets. Like, every single day and this was only back in like maybe like 2017 maybe um maybe 2018 probably yeah that sounds more right um and it's just and at that time you know that was something that if it's trending everyone is engaging with it right so clearly there weren't you know, people didn't have a problem with that or its content um regardless of how accurate or inaccurate it depicted the boys. So to be honest, I think, you know, with what you saying that it's a gray area, it's just always going to be a gray area no matter what. Sometimes it's kind of like when, you know, someone tells a joke um, and no one laughs, but then someone else repeats it and then everyone laughs. It's, you know, sometimes it's based on audience um um who is the first to read it and how do they interpret it and then how does that get other people to interpret it which kind of sucks um but there really there technically isn't a limit or restriction i would say um you can write whatever you want um and people are also able to have an opinion um and have feelings toward what it is that is written. So if you're gonna write something, you know, really weird and messed up, um, you know, there's a niche for that. And I guess it just depends on 
how are you displaying that for other people to read? Like it just it just really depends because I don't think you can necessarily discourage us. I've never seen like there's obviously topics and stuff that people are gonna feel icky about, but I don't think I've ever seen like an army guide toward fan fiction in AUs that's like you absolutely can't write about this. Like it's just it's like where wherever where eventually do you draw the line? Yeah, um, we talked, uh, probably, probably talked about this in our, uh, episode on fan fiction quite a few months back, but, um, in terms of what really is the line, if there even is a line in the first place, it's really just all kind of just uncharted waters. It's all very dubious because I do think that fan fiction can be unlimited however i understand that the conversation takes a slightly different turn when you're using things like real people right. and i understand that while at the same time it can be pretty invasive to do that there's also the other side where people are saying well if it's fiction and we understand that it's fiction then what's the harm in doing that and i feel like it's really i feel like when it comes to that kind of stuff it really is just like a case-by-case -case thing because for some people i've seen some people like for example like famous youtubers who read their own like fan fiction made by their fans and like they don't really care all too much and then other people who might find out that there's fan fiction about them and be disgusted and so um you know depending on what you write and depending on who the person you're writing about is um the boundary will probably always be changing i think that if anything because there's going to be all sorts of fan fiction out there that's going to exist and, and you know not even just like uh romance and sexual stuff but you know there are plenty of other ways to write something that's like kind of dark and twisted that you know lies outside of those uh, uh genres but um i feel like the most important thing is that if that type of stuff is going to exist at the very least keep it away from the actual person that you're writing about because there's no way that you're going to be having stuff like non-consensual sex in the tags and you haven't like put it in a place where like the person that you're writing about is gonna see it like isn't gonna see it like don't put it in a place um where it's easily accessible by a lot of people and especially don't tag the artist like that kind of stuff would be like super super weird and honestly i really kind of i feel like i said this in the fan fiction episode where in terms of like stuff like shipping because of the fact that it's fiction i don't necessarily know where the line is or if there needs to be one that's drawn but i feel like as long as we all understand that this is all in our heads and that none of it is real and that we should still respect the people who we're writing about outside of the land of fan fiction i feel like respecting them and making sure that we're just keeping that stuff away from them i think that that's the most important thing to be honest because i really just don't uh i really just don't know like how like in terms of like the fan fiction debate i feel like it just goes on forever because like i said it really is a case-by-case -case thing so it just depends honestly there really is no right or wrong answer when it comes to this kind of thing right um, it, it's really just case by case and it'll just forever be a gray area in my opinion. So, um, I hope that answers your question. Sorry that we couldn't really give more clarity, but 
Yeah. Um, so, oh, let's go to the next submission. This one says, not really concerned, but I keep confession. I'm really scared of the dark, so every time I walk into a dark place, I'll chant the BTS fan chant again and again, and it helps ease my nerves. From India. You know what? That is that, so adorable. That is a very cute technique. Whatever, um, you know, works to help with your anxiety, keep doing it. Um, I love that. That's really cute. Thank you for sharing um, that with us, especially because it can be hard to, you know, when you have fears and anxieties or specific triggers, it, it can be difficult to... You know, submit that and have it talked about um, out in the open like this. So thank you for submitting that. Um, and uh, I hope uh, it, that continues to be working for you. It's funny because I would be so scared of the dark when I was younger. And I obviously at the time I was a fan of BTS because BTS didn't exist at that time. But what I would do instead was just like say the... What prayer was it? Was it Psalm uh, Psalm 23? Oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, I don't actually know if it really helped me all that much. I thought it would do something because uh, for all who don't know, I grew up in a very Christian family. Um, we're not super, super conservative though, but like, I don't know. I just felt like saying Psalm 23 out loud when I was walking through a dark place would just somehow help me that the Lord would just scare away all the demons and all the monsters that were hiding in the darkness because the thing is with me because even now like the dark is still kind of creepy like i don't think it's necessarily the dark itself but like more of like what is in the darkness you know yeah. like, i feel like there's a distinction there no i absolutely hate the dark which is why i get so mad when it's in the middle of the night and i have to like get up to drink some water or even just go to the bathroom to walk even a few seconds through the dark hallway absolutely not and it's my hallway i know it's there right i just don't it just makes me so uneasy like i feel like i'm not as scared as i used to be but at the same time like sometimes like if for example like the lights may abruptly cut off or like maybe i accidentally flicked the wrong switch and like the whole room is suddenly plunged into darkness that does kind of like oh it spikes my anxiety a little bit i don't like it um but I feel like the dark is not the biggest fear I have. That would probably be reserved for insects and spiders. But oh, that's a yeah, whole different spiders, topic. Let me tell you. I can't even look at, um, like, if it's bugs, even, like, through a computer screen, I, I can't do it. No, like, Delilah, you remember how hard I was suffering last year when the cicadas came. Oh, oh yes. Was oh, yeah. So every, there's, like, this migration period for cicadas on the east coast and there was a huge wave of them last year and Daisy could not leave her house and when she did leave her house it was it was bad. I know borderline borderline anxiety attacks in the car I was in the trenches it was bad for me um because <laughs> like for any of you who haven't like seen the cicada migrations and don't know how big they are like they are massive like when I tell you the cicadas are in their billions when they come out on the east coast it is just like it's like biblical type swarms like the way that the bible talks about all of these like plagues of locusts and stuff basically just take that and replace it with locusts and that's literally what it looks like it's so many um 
around my area, we didn't have as many as other areas because of the fact that my neighborhood was pretty new when they came around the last time because um, for all who don't know, this particular species of cicada, um, they emerge from the ground every 17 years. So the last time they came, I was like around five years old. And um, around that time, that was like when the neighborhood was very new. And the thing is with cicadas is that they tend to prefer older trees. So they didn't really lay that many eggs in the leaves of our trees. So when they emerged last year, there wasn't as many compared to other places. But if you go to places like, for example, like Chicago, oh my God, bro. It like you would see pictures of like the cicada swarms in Chicago. It was disgusting. They'd be all over people's cars, like the grills of their cars. There were even like tutorials online on how to like clean like the cicada debris off of the grill of your car. Um, and then like people would be talking about how um, sometimes there'd be so many cicadas in their backyard that like they go outside and it looks like the grass is just moving and I would be so disgusted and there is still pretty like there's still like a lot of cicadas like around my area but it's only when you go into like like uh places with older trees especially like wooded areas that's where you'll really start seeing them so there would be like pockets of places around my area where you would just go and like there was just like significantly more cicadas than the other places and so i was suffering that whole uh it wasn't the whole summer the cicada storms usually last for about like a couple of weeks to a month uh depending on some areas but it was bad i don't like insects i don't like cicadas i'm pretty sure the cicada migration that came around when i was five is probably what started my phobia of insects actually so yeah, um, there's that, and um, I'm sure that if you guys come over here, you would also be horrified. Unless you're a bug enthusiast, um, then you'd probably be fine, but for the majority of us, ugh. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of when I was in Japan, I completely forgot that um, in Japan, they'll have, you know, like, some weirdos, um, sorry I'm calling you a weirdo, but like, some weirdos, they'll have like, tarantulas as pets. Um, in Japan, they have that book with, like, giant beetles, and so I was in the pet, Ooh. so I was walking through the pet store because we were trying to find things, um, for our dog, and I passed by, like, a whole shelf of just, like, beetles in, like, these, in, like, these containers that you could take home like they're a freaking goldfish and it was absolutely disturbing bro nah, <laughs> bro, nah. absolutely not right. it's just ugh. i mean beetles in terms of like if i was to rank them in terms of like how afraid i am of beetles compared to other insects they're somewhat lower on the tier but like i still don't like these them. are like the big like palm-sized horned beetles Palms? Oh, oh no, no actually. <laughs> like, they're big. Like, they're big. They're basically the size of a tarantula. Oh, that is disgusting. Oh, my God. But uh, compared to, like, spiders and, like, big, meaty spiders, like tarantulas, like, I feel like that is, like, the epitome of my fear. Like, mm -hmm. insects are second highest fear, but spiders are the highest fear. Spiders don't even put me in the same room as a spider, especially if they're like big and thick. The thinner ones, 
I may be able to handle it if they're smaller and they mind their business, but for some reason spiders like to be nosy. And so they'll just be crawling all over the walls like they pay rent or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they're making my life a living hell. Like, why are you here? I didn't invite you. Go and put your web outside like y'all friends are doing right now. Like, why don't you go somewhere where you're actually wanted? Because then I'm going to have to go and kill you. And then suddenly I'm the bad guy. Exactly. Also... I'm going to put it out there. Don't like butterflies. They're creepy. <laughs> yes, I don't like them. They're so, I don't know what it is, but especially like butterflies and moths, there's something about the way, I think it's the way they fly that throws me off. Like, it's just it, so it, unpredictable. It, it seems like it's unpredictable and like almost unnatural. Like, first of all, butterflies, they just look creepy. Like, the close-up of a butterfly, absolutely terrifying. Um, like, it, like, they freak me out when they fly close to me, but I'm not as scared as, like, you know, like, spiders or, like, bees, because, like, I know they can't hurt you, but, like, just the way they move and, like, very freaky. Um, yeah, no, butterflies, even though I love Barbie Mariposa, okay, but, you know, real, (laughs) real butterflies, not for me. Yeah, like, there's this one time, um, we... Uh, when I was in school, we went on this field trip to this place called like Longleat. It's uh, this place that's kind of like a, almost like a zoo, but I think it's some sort of animal reserve. I don't know. But either way, they um, had like a bunch of different like animal um, exhibits. And my friends like were kind of like just dragging me through um, uh, this one particular area. They're like, oh yeah, you gotta come in and see this. And I'm like, see what? And then, like, they take me through this, like, door, and I open the door, and I realize that I am in a butterfly house. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. I turned around and went straight back outside. I'm like, you could do whatever the hell you want. I'm not walking in there. And, like, they just walked off to go do whatever, and I'm like, I will literally be a, like, I will go over there and look at all these other animals by myself if I have to, but I'm not crossing this butterfly house to get to the other side. And so... Um, yeah, butterflies are weird. Um, the way they fly is weird. Same with moths. They're basically the same. But, but butterflies have better PR. Like, everyone doesn't, like, everyone doesn't like moths. Like, we know that, you know? Not only are they ugly, it's they, true. they eat your clothes, right? Like, <laughs> no one likes moths, but people do like butterflies, and they're just cousins within one, you know, gotta make over. Yeah, it's true. The PR managers for butterflies, like, they're insane. And on top of that, another insect that I don't like the way it flies, dragonflies can get away from me. Oh, that is a good one. So, surprisingly, I ha- I can't remember the last time I've seen a dragonfly for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of dragonflies. You know what? It's probably because I don't live near water anymore like I used to. Um... Because, you know, I used to always live near water, uh, but now that I don't, it's probably why. Because I feel like dragon, am I making that up that, like, dragonflies are usually, like, near water? Like, am I making that up? I feel like I might be making that up. No, you're not making that up. No, you're not making that up. Um, because, um, there's a pool, for all who don't know, there's a pool across from my house. Um, it's, like, the neighborhood public pool, and... And when I used to go there as a kid, like, sometimes, like, there'd just be, like, dragonflies kind of, like, skimming across the surface. I don't know why they just, I don't know why they enjoy water. Maybe that's, like, where they usually, like, um, like, hunt for prey or something like that. I don't actually know what dragonflies eat, 
but I'm assuming that's why, because otherwise why else would they hang around the water? Because they can't swim either, so um, I'm just assuming that that's kind of like where they look for food. Mm -hmm. But it's not a vibe. I would always be so scared to try and like get into the water sometimes because like I'd be afraid that a dragonfly would just like approach me and I wouldn't know what to do. Sometimes like if I was in the pool and like I was trying to get out and I see a dragonfly like kind of like hovering near the stepladder, I'm like, you know what? I don't actually need to get out of the pool. Let me keep Nothing swimming. Nothing is worse than being in like a public community chlorine pool and there's just like dead bugs floating in the water. Oh, yuck. Luckily, our pool is pretty good at cleaning out like debris and stuff. But like some pools, like some people are just lazy. They don't clean out um, the pool as often as they should. And like there are just like so many like dead insects inside. And dead dragonflies are just... Ugh. I would, I would actually die if I was trying to get out of the water and then I ended up like, um, like touching a dead dragonfly. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I, I can't believe, um, that we've been on this topic based off, um, that submission about, you know, going in the dark, but hey, this is Talk With Army. <laughs> um, if this is your first time listening to us, um, yep, this is, this is, this is what you get. Um, but for everyone else, this is probably in their expectations. <laughs> so, um... Oh, yeah. Right? Let, let's move on to the next submission, then. Okay, um, so the next submission says, Hello there. This isn't really a question, but can y'all do a quick recap of what's been going on with Byington this past week? Anatomy and physiology has not been kind to me, and this is, and there's a sad face, and then they said they put the place where they came from as the trenches, Honestly, it'd be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. School kicks my ass all the time. In fact, I'm currently in the middle of a statistics module and I'm not happy. I'm not having fun. But um, this person submitted this, like, I checked the date that it was submitted and it was submitted August 30th. So I guess to recap what was going on um, from, like, I don't know, the 23rd of August to the 30th of August, Really not much had happened aside from like just like VMA's buzz and stuff like that. And there's been a lot of discourse on that so far, but because there's other submissions that are talking about the VMAs, we'll get into it a little bit later. I'm trying to think about what else happened, but the 23rd, so that week is when I started my brand new full-time job. So I was kind of clocked out for that week too, I'm going to be honest. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think there was really that much besides VMAs. Um, I don't know if the, um, there might have been like a BTS vlog that had come out. Um, also, BTS Run, maybe? I don't know how many weeks it's been since BTS Run returned. Um, but that's... I think it's been two weeks. Okay, so it might have been, you know, BTS... Um, around the telepathy episode, which was absolutely great. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch that BTS run episode, um, it's a two-parter. It's absolutely amazing. It's so entertaining. It was great to see them all back together. And it, it was just really funny um, seeing them trying to figure out where, basically figure out what the others would do. And I know, see, the BTS mm. run producers are me because I think it was Jungkook who said it, and Jungkook is right. Um, they're not, they're not ever good at like these telepathy games. Like, <laughs> yes, they have a whole song about it, 
but they're they're not good at you know doing mimicking the guessing what the other person's action is going to be and then mimicking that they have never been good at those kinds of games so this was definitely entertaining and it's so funny because they'll know like literally everything else about each other but then when it comes to these telepathy games for some reason they're just really bad it is just so funny. It is probably one of the ways the universe has to humble them in some shape or form. Like, you would have the BTS members telling us how many moles are in each other's ass cheeks or something, but god forbid they play a telepathy game for Run BTS, like, and all hell breaks loose. I don't get it. It is absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, you honestly haven't missed that much. Um, don't um and honestly probably even what's going on now um you have permission to dance is now on disney plus um there is the new bts merch collab that's coming out uh, i don't know if i call that merch collab um but it's probably um <laughs> coincide with like chusok um so and it's really beautiful merch too um and the teasers have oh, yeah. been absolutely stunning so that's coming out um, I think there was... And then there was Sexy New Kim. Yes, there is. Um, Taehyung, um, he, he's been wilding on Instagram. Um, some of those... He's been naked. <laughs> he's been naked. Uh, but he, yes, he is truly art. Um, yeah, I, and his Vogue cover yeah, shoot, Vogue like, cover oh shoot my god. Is gonna be coming out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's probably like already i don't know if it's like pre-orders are sold out i have honestly i'm not usually one to buy magazines because i know it'll take up space and i know that someone else will buy the magazine and then just like scan the photos from it so i've never been one to collect magazines sorry true um but yeah and that's what you missed on glee so <laughs> we'll move on to the next submission so Okay. This one says, uh, JK and Princess Diana, question mark? Please explain. From the USA. There are so many layers oh. to the submission because before we even talk about it and explain this, you need to understand that this was submitted like a few days ago, but we are reading this September 8th, a few hours mm -hmm. after Queen Elizabeth II has passed away. Um, oh, so, gosh. Army Twitter at the moment is just exploding with Jungkook and Princess Diana edits and tweets. It, it is chaotic. Twitter is messy. Um, but mm -hmm. if you still haven't had to explain this, I still see people, like, in the replies of tweets being like, I don't get it. Why are people connecting Jungkook and Princess Diana? Like, can someone explain? I will explain it. Okay, so it all started, it all started, like, early last year, okay? And there was, like, this thread, um, so last year and before last year, people would always talk about how, oh, this is Jungkook's first life in terms of reincarnation, or they would try and make theories about uh, basically where he was in his lifetime, how many lifetimes Jungkook has lived. And there was this one army who said that they think it was his, they thought it was his second life, 
and that they have this crazy theory that um, Jungkook is the reincarnation of Princess Diana. Um, because they had been watching a lot of Princess Diana documentaries, and so they felt like a lot of, you know, things kind of made sense, and they were like, Jungkook is the reincarnation of Princess Diana. And everyone kind of clowned them, because, like, what are you talking about? Um, so it kind of became a meme about, you know, um, people would joke a lot about um, him being the reincarnation of Princess Diana. It also came back up a few months later after that, where there was a picture of Yoongi, and there was a picture of Jungkook in the corner, um, and someone had posted that Yoongi was point, basically basically pointed out that Yoongi was wearing the same sweater as Princess Diana, just in a different color, um, and so they were excited, you know, to you know Princess Diana, she's a fashion icon, and so people were pointing out that he was wearing the same sweater as her. And someone had quoted it saying that he, uh, Yugi, wearing that sweater, wore it because he wanted to make Jungkook feel more comfortable. Oh which, my god, I remember seeing that. was alluding to the previous thread from a few months back about Jungkook being the reincarnation of Princess Diana. So if you hadn't read that thread back from like April or March of 2021, then you wouldn't have gotten that tweet that came out i think it was like october or like no it was probably like november um of 2021 so that happened um and that was you know a funny tweet that kind of got big um and so there were just you know people were kind of clowning it but what had happened is people started you know just pointing out all the similarities that actually existed between Jungkook and Princess Diana. For example, Princess Diana um, was killed uh, in a car crash in Paris uh, on, so basically she died August 31st, 1997. Jungkook was born mm -hmm. September 1st, 1997. Um, oh, Lord. And it doesn't end there. Um, so first you have that, and then you have a lot of people noticing that they have a lot of similar mannerisms in the way they tilt their head, the way they brush their hair, people were pointing that out, um, and the fact that they are apparently the same height. If you Google, um, their heights, uh, both of them, Google says that they're both 5'10". So first you have, you know, Jungkook being born just several hours after Princess Diana died. And then you have uh, the fact that they're the same height. You also have that, um, so at one point, Princess Diana had messed up um, using the microwave and basically almost set, like, the palace on fire and whatnot. In an old interview, um, if you've been in ARMY for as long as Daisy and I have, you might recall this, um, but if you're new to the fandom, you probably wouldn't know this, but in an old interview, Jungkook stated that he has a fear of microwaves. And we know mm -hmm. that Princess Diana messed up using a microwave, which almost, you know, 
set the place on fire. So that's another thing stacking onto this uh, similarities between Jungkook and Princess Diana. And then today, people were pointing out that, um, so user June Fendi, they said, um, philosophers theorize that every 25 years, the reincarnated person has a seven day window of consciousness to fulfill their old dreams slash desires. So Jungkook just turned 25 seven days ago, 25 <laughs> years after Princess Diana's death. And so basically today was the last day to fulfill her old dreams slash desires. And if you're not familiar with um, the history of the royal family, basically they did not treat Princess Diana kindly. Um, and there's also a very huge theory that's probably not a theory, has some truth to it, that um, actually Princess Diana's uh, crash in Paris that killed her was actually orchestrated by the royal family. It was it was basically an assassination. Um, and, and so that is uh, something that a lot of people believe and therefore a lot of people since they know that the royal family was not kind to princess diana uh they would think that you know princess diana was probably you know preying on um the royal family's downfall and so what you get um on the last day uh to fulfill her wish who dies queen elizabeth ii um, so God did not save the queen this time. Exactly. So you have just all. So you have the queen dying seven days after Jungkook's birthday, twenty-five years after Princess Diana's death, which is said to be like it's it's very philosophical. You know, like it's it's obviously not like a scientific thing. But with all these coincidences stacking up onto each other, a lot of people are like, you know, this was a joke, but what if? Like, what if? Um, and so, because what someone had, like, basically this army a few, like, last year, um, made this thread about, oh, I think Jungkook is the reincarnation of Princess Diana. And then, like, everyone kind of clowned them for it. And then it kind of became basically this ongoing running joke. And with all of, you know, the pieces we talked about, now you probably understand why, as Queen Elizabeth has passed away today, that there are just so many tweets about Jungkook and Princess Diana. It is absolutely sickening. Like, you can just search um, Jungkook Diana um, in Google search and, like, all hit tweets, all with like 10,000 likes, 20,000 likes, 30,000 likes, um, just about the two of them. And it's reached a point that even people that um, aren't an army know this theory because it trends every so often and it's it kind of like sounds ridiculous. So people will become interested in it and I guess they've um, heard about it and looked into it because there's been articles written about this about oh 
armies are saying this and this and this. Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's honestly really fun, <laughs> in my opinion, reading the tweets. It's been absolutely fun. I kind of like moments like this when army Twitter is just like super unified. Um, I opened up Twitter just now just to see how many tweets um, there are. And uh, right now, trending under Jungkook is Jungkook and Diana at 57.6 thousand tweets. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is insane, honestly. And I remember even seeing tweets um, from Jungkook's uh, birthday V-Live from last week. And there was a clip that somebody had taken of him uh, making a wish on his birthday candles and then blowing them out. And then they were like, oh, I guess we know what he wished for. And I was like, oh, uh, it was kind of wild. And 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 on top of that, um, there's actually one other thing I remembered um, from this Twitter user. I have them pulled up on my phone here from uh, Vermilion Wings. Um, they had also just checked uh, Jungkook's transits for today. And it's like basically some like horoscope tarot card kind of stuff. And um, the tarot cards um, of the day are 6 and 13, first of all. And if you guys are, you know, keeping the trivia up in your head, 6, 13, that is literally the month and the day that BTS debuted. But there's even more because the, the 6, the lucky number 6 in the tarot card reading means balance and the number 13 means death. So that means that putting that together and having the fact that Queen Elizabeth just died today, it means that the death somehow brought balance back to the world, which is absolutely insane. If you take this all into account with all of the Easter eggs we've just talked about. So if we're going off of the fact that this is actually happening and Jungkook is actually the reincarnation of Princess Diana, that means that his wish for Queen Elizabeth to fall uh, that he wished for on the day of his birthday, that is what ultimately brought balance back to this world. And so now, I guess Princess Diana's biggest wish has been fulfilled 25 years to the day of her death. Like, I, when I tell you there's layers to this. There is So layers. many layers. And that doesn't even get onto the jokes about Trisha Paytas. <laughs> um, oh, don't even get me started. If you don't know Trisha Paytas... I can't explain it. She was like this YouTuber. I think she I think she might have been like a porn star at one point. Um you just have to look her up, okay? Basically, um not bright, um a hot mess of a person, okay? Um and so a lot of people were making jokes um about how um cuz she she basically she's uh, about to give birth right now. Um I haven't checked in to see if she's given birth yet. Um but um, people are basically joking that the balance would be Princess Diana dying and then Jungkook being brought into the world, who is an absolutely, you know, amazing, beloved person. And then if Queen Elizabeth, you know, were to die and then Trisha's Paytest baby was to be born right away, then, like, her baby... People are saying that would be Queen Elizabeth reincarnated. So if you're seeing tweets about that, that is what people um, are joking about. Um, there was like this one tweet that even said that like Queen, it was something about like Queen Elizabeth um, trying to hold off um, her death so she doesn't come back as Trisha Paytas' baby. 
Um, I remember that tweet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just layers upon layers. And like I stated, remember, this started, like, the very, like toward the beginning of last year. And so if you weren't on Twitter during that time or, you know, maybe you were on Twitter, but you're just not on, you're not, like, on Twitter, you know, you you have probably better things to do with your life than people like us, um, then <laughs> you probably kind of, like, missed it um, and probably, did, like, didn't understand. So we hope we broke down this piece of army lore for you guys. Uh, as much as, as much as we could and as clearly as we could. Um, so, yeah, that is the thing with, you know, Jungkook and Princess Diana. And the fact that we are recording this episode today, right now, um, the day Queen Elizabeth died and we got this question. Like, I don't know, guys, the universe (laughs) math is starting to math, like, uh, the equation is becoming clear in my mind. Like, I'm seeing the numbers crunching above my head right now. Like, I just don't understand how this perfectly lined up with the death of Queen Elizabeth. Like, I will never not think about this. This is just absolutely Oh my god, insane, Daisy, but... I just saw a picture of Princess Diana holding a bunny. Diana and what? Oh, a bunny! Oh my god. That's... No, no, no. Pack it up. We're Pack done. it up. We're, We're moving here. on. We're moving, We're moving on. But I did just read a tweet also that says, How are they going to explain in history books the lore of Jungkook Diana, the Queen's passing, and in turn being reincarnated into Trisha Paytas's baby? <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, summarizes uh, basically over 12 months of just lore. Um, just a bunch of lore, lore in... And referential millennial dadism, or whatever that thing is called. But um, so thank you uh, for hearing us explain that. Um, I know people who probably aren't on Twitter are just like, "What the hell are they talking about right now?" But yeah, that's the thing. That's the news. Um, so let's just let's just move on. <laughs> All right. So the next submission says. I hate giving dating rumors attention, but these recent ones with Taehyung and Jenny have really uh, have me really concerned about their privacy. Someone's phone has clearly been hacked, photoshopped their reel, it's not okay that this has been happening for a few weeks, do we just report accounts posting the images to Twitter and their companies? While I don't think it's our place to have it confirmed as true or false since it's their privacy, I do hope they're protected. Thanks so much guys and sorry again for bringing this up and this is from the USA. Yeah, no problem. Please do not apologize for bringing this up. This is a totally valid concern to have. And for any of you who may be listening and not know what this person is talking about, basically for the past few weeks, um, these photos have been leaked by this particular person um, who is basically um, saying that Taehyung and Jenny from Blackpink are in a secret relationship. And so they were leaking these photos of them seemingly together and what seems like these couple shots, like a lot of them are like mirror selfies and stuff like that. Um, there's even one screenshot of them supposedly like on FaceTime. But then none of it quite made sense because, um, first of all, some of these photos look like they are very much photoshopped. Um, and on top of that, a lot of armies were kind of just like confused because it's like, 
you know, if any of you have ever actually seen BTS and Blackpink at award shows, they basically almost never interact. Um, they don't talk to each other. The most you'll ever get is maybe them giving each other a passing glance, or maybe Blackpink might uh, bow respectfully at BTS if they're passing by, but like they don't actually like talk to each other. So that's why a lot of armies were just like so lost as to why people thought that they were in some sort of secret relationship, which made a lot of people skeptical about um, how authentic those photos actually were. Personally, I'm on the side that it's, you know, photoshopped because it still doesn't make sense to me, but that's a whole different topic that we can talk about a another time. And, um, <clears throat> Right now, um, I feel like in terms of what we can do, I guess our best bet is really just to A, report those accounts, um, because whether they're photoshopped or not, it's still a huge breach of privacy, and B, um, make use of the email that Big Hit has given us to report this kind of thing to them. Um, so I'm sure that right now Bakit is probably working on a solution because the thing is with a lot of people is they think that because Bakit is silent now that that means they're not doing anything but a lot of times Bakit does work behind the scenes but doing stuff like filing formal complaints and whatever that is usually kind of a lengthy process that may take a few weeks a few months for some bigger cases they've said it could take even up to a year so we just need to you know not intervene with that process and uh, do what we can to just continue sending them uh, whatever we find about this certain thing. And so um, I hope that by, you know, the month's end that this will reach some sort of a resolution because um, it's really just not fair to Taeyong. Um, and, you know, breaching Jenny's privacy as well is pretty terrible. Um, even though we don't really stand her, it's still, you know, just a matter of basic human decency. Just don't be breaching other people's privacy. Because, you know, if it turned out that they were actually secretly dating, you know, outing them when they're not ready is not cool. It's incredibly disrespectful. And, you know, it just goes to show you how entitled some people truly think they are to celebrities' personal lives. And that's like a whole, like, you know, the whole entitlement around celebrity culture. Like, that's a whole different topic altogether. Exactly. There, there were so many weird things surrounding it. Like, first of all, I was pretty sure Jenny was dating G-Dragon. Um, and there is, like, still people posting posts and evidence of that also being true. So it's like, what is, what is the truth? Honestly, at this point, I'm just going to wait because it's kind of exhausting to just see people going back and forth of what's real, what's not real. Um, so I think at the end of the day... Um, regardless, you know, hacking, you know, someone's phone, I think, has been hacked definitely to an extent to at least get, um, some of the photos, even if they are edited. I feel like they would have had to have gotten separate photos to put together, and some of the photos, um, people can't really seem to find, uh, a source for them, while other photos, they're have been able to match it with pre-existing photos to be like, see, this is edited. Um, but so far, um, I think there's like a few that hasn't. Um, and I also, we're seeing some links say that there are also photos being leaked um, from uh, Rose and Lisa's phones that um, basically like pictures and like basically selfies that they hadn't posted anywhere, but like somehow were, um, being posted by 
who's ever doing this to Jenny's phone. So, it's honestly a messy, complicated situation. I feel like something is happening because I did see, apparently, translations from, like, the person who was spreading these photos. There's translations of, like, this Telegram chat, and they were saying that they were going to stop posting things um, because of, because things had, like, gone out of hand and whatnot. Um, I have a feeling that perhaps they might have been contacted by Hive just because they stopped really suddenly. Um, it was going on for like a few days and then boom, they just stopped. Um, so, right. so I don't know exactly what's going to come out of it, um, but until something is said about it, I'm just going to not really think about it, to be honest. Yep, and so with that, we move on to our last submission for this part, and this person says, What do you guys think about the misinformation spread about Blackpink winning the VMA's best group category when it really was BTS, and they left early, I believe? What's y'all's take on it? International, non oh, sorry, intentional and non-intentional. Tell me. By the way, I love you guys' podcast, and this is from Costa Rica. What? That was such, like, what in the moonlight was that? <laughs> like... That was literally the most confusing thing ever, and for all who may have missed it, basically the VMAs was recently, and um, there was a particular award, which was, uh, what was it, like, Group of the Year or something like that? And um, BTS was nominated along with Blackpink, but the thing is, it's a fan-voted award, but the problem with that is that VMAs have these really weird rules where even for fan-voted awards, regardless of who has the most votes, the VMAs can still pick the winner based off of their own discretion. So it may not even matter if like somebody gets the most votes because even if they get the most votes, the VMAs can still choose to pick someone else to win. And so that's the reason why a lot of people we're complaining about the VMAs, and we have been for quite a few years now, because it's super rigged, um, because there's no point in making something fan-voted if you could just decide who you want as the winner anyway. And given that, um, uh, what was it, something about Blackpink having connections to the runner of the VMAs, something like that, they have some sort of connection to the person who runs the VMAs, basically. And so, because of that, a lot of people were suspecting that Blackpink would just be winning awards via favoritism, even if armies were the ones who were voting the hardest for these categories. And so there's been uh, a lot of heated battles between armies and Blinks these past couple of weeks to vote for the VMAs to make sure that we can secure these awards for BTS. And the night of the VMAs, what had happened was, um, for some reason, a bunch of these different outlets started posting that Blackpink was the winner of the Group of the Year award. And everybody was like, oh, you know, this is so typical of VMAs, they're rigged, they, we knew they were going to pick the winner anyway, because everybody knew that armies were voting the hardest. But then suddenly, all these outlets started deleting these posts that were saying that Blackpink won the Group of the Year award, and everyone was confused up until we realized that the winner was actually BTS and somehow all these different outlets had just posted that Blackpink won at first even though it wasn't announced yet by the VMAs and then it was ended up being BTS and then on top of that people were saying that before the group of the year award was announced that Blackpink did uh, they had left early 
So people were suspecting that because they knew that they weren't going to win the award that they just left. Um, and so um, there was also, you know, some gossip about that. And also because of the fact that even though BTS won the Group of the Year award, they didn't actually submit an acceptance speech video. And that's usually what BTS always does if they win an award somewhere, but they are not going to be there in person to accept it. Because, you know, for people who aren't able to accept it, usually like uh, the award show will tell them in advance that they want an award and that if they need to send in a video that they should do it. And then that's how artists will then submit a video um, accepting the award um, that will be played during the award show in the event that they don't make it. Um, so the fact that there was no acceptance speech for BTS when they always do that means that, you know, a lot of people were speculating that it must mean that it was a last minute decision to make them winner. And it was likely that they were originally going to choose Blackpink to win that award. But, you know, knowing how hard armies voted, they probably foresaw that there was going to be a lot of backlash towards the award. And so then they changed it back to BTS and then made them the winner. Although, um, you know, they weren't able to send in an acceptance speech because it was a last minute decision. So they didn't inform BTS beforehand. That's basically the theory that's running across Twitter right now. And honestly, it kind of makes sense. And if that's the case, you know, the VMAs, like we've been knew that they're trash, but this is just a new low for them. Like, I just don't understand how did this happen? It's so messy. I don't know exactly you know why or how it happened but i you know i don't really care um like you know bts won the award cool um vma is still trash regardless i saw a lot of people saying oh now that bts is won you're gonna stop criticizing the vmas and it's no longer rigged like no it's still it's, no, it's always it's been very much rigged. rigged we've been talking about it um, for many years, especially with that stupid K-pop category that generally still makes no sense. Like, it's just, it's a dumb category. Like, the next time, um, like, I guess, like, it would be the same as, like, let's say, um, next year, there is just some, you know, Chinese artist that just has some kind of viral hit and then the next year, um, suddenly, you know, Chinese artist is the thing that's in. It's like the new niche, um, you know, music that people are listening to. And then the VMAs says, okay, let's make a C-pop category for best C-pop. So now you have, like, the regular categories. And then on the side, you have best K-pop and best C-pop, like, tacked on. And then how many are we going to keep going? Like, how many of these are we going to keep adding to just exclude all these artists from the main categories? Exactly. And that was the biggest problem that we've had with the VMAs. The fact that because of the fact that they're adding all these nonsensical K-pop categories, even though BTS are not only outselling the people that they're competing with in those K-pop categories, but also people who are competing in the main categories. You look at the artists who are nominated for Artist of the Year, and a lot of times BTS is outdoing all of them in terms of sales, in terms of streams, concert attendance, like in every metric BTS is outshining them. And somehow that is not enough for them to be in the main categories. And that is what has frustrated armies the most about the VMAs. And that's why there have been a couple of years where armies have mass boycotted the VMAs 
and we just refused to give them a single view because we were like, well, if you're not going to treat BTS the way that they should be, then we're not going to watch your show. And that's why the VMAs have had such an all-time low of viewership in the past couple of years because even though BTS has been nominated for some awards here and there, we just refuse to give them clout. And um, we were only, you know, engaging with them to vote for BTS and that was it. And so just because BTS wins awards, that doesn't mean that they're not still rigged. They very much are. Um, because the fact that this even happened and the fact that there is that suspicion that they were originally going to give the award to Blackpink, that just shows you how rigged it is. And so people trying to catch us out and like trying to make it seem like this big gotcha moment, it's not working because we still hate the VMAs the same way that BTS could win a Grammy next year, but that doesn't change the fact that the Grammy is still very much discriminatory. And the fact that it's taken them this long to recognize uh, the impact that BTS has um, not just with their English work, but with their Korean work as well. Like that's, you know, we've talked about it multiple times before, but like just because BTS wins in an award or succeeds in some place, that doesn't mean that that, you know, industry or that award show isn't suddenly not discriminatory anymore. It very much is. Exactly. Um, and so that's kind of our main opinions on, you know, quote unquote winning best group um it, it, it it's a mess and you know i feel like i i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if it was all like a publicity stunt just to either bring you know more laughs of attraction to the vmas or to um or to at least you know you know how some people say you know bad publicity is still publicity so just the fact that it was mm -hmm. announced that Blackpink, you know, won first, that could just put Blackpink's name out there. Um, so, right. So like that, so it being a PR stunt, I could totally see um, just overall super messy, but also not surprised. Um, it is still, I don't care if BTS took home every single award possible, VMAs still screw them. Exactly. And so with that, um, we are done with the submissions for this first part of Army Anonymous. If you got this far, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys in part two coming out tomorrow. All right. Bye for now.